Welcome back, everyone, to another Freedom 35 or Sit Down. It's the series where we get to know about our, more about artists and creators in the CNFT space. My name is Tommy. I go by TLWMY. My name is TJ. I go by Lazy T. And I am the other Tom. I go by Lavish Bear. And tonight, we're joined by the founders of a new board game on the Cardano blockchain, Cardopoly. Welcome on, Bobby and Drex. Thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, thanks for having Hi. us. Thanks for having us. Right? We've been uh, trying to set this up for a bit now. I know. I feel like uh, yeah. it's been avoiding us a little bit these past few weeks, and we've got a chance to chat with you guys all the way back in Taco Tuesday um, over um, in Twitter spaces. And uh, Bobby, I know you've had some life events that have happened over the past uh, week here. So welcome you guys on, and I'm glad we're finally getting a chance to sit down. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I had a uh, had a child born last week, so we had I to know, push, push cool. our meeting. Yeah, congrats, uh, so. man. That is amazing. I know you, you sent that over to me like, hey, I can still do it this week. And I'm like, you know what? Just take your time with that, and we'll, we'll, we'll make our way back over here. I, I was oh. impressed with the dedication. Tommy's like, yeah, he said he could do it before the baby's born. I'm like, what do you mean before? Like, yeah, an hour before, he said he could do it real quick. I'm like, what? He's always, I, was, I was in the hospital texting. I'm like, yeah, he know, would like, do it. You might be able to get out of here, like you know, six thirty. I think I can make it. And Tommy's like, no, no, no. Just I'm like, dude, just take yeah, time. take take your time because I was like, get watched. He's like, mid interview, we're gonna go here. He's like, yo, guys, no, I gotta go. It's time. And it was just like, he's like, no, Drex, you handle this. It's your, no problem. He's got this. Uh, or just live from the delivery room. Yeah, yeah, that would that would not get approved. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, guys, uh, we appreciate you jumping on over here and uh, what you guys are creating is something unique inside the Cardano space in general. I mean, the idea itself is so, you know, it, it dates back, you know, forever from as far as games go, um, as far as board games, you know, bringing that to the blockchain, I think is a revolutionary, especially inside this space. So um, for, you know, all the new listeners listening on, I guess Cardopoly is a, a famous place, um, you know, the famous board game Monopoly um, and in different uh, aspects of just, you know, I guess board games in general, what you guys are trying to bring together. But uh, uh, Bobby and Drex, what are you guys, uh, as far as, you know, Cardopoly goes, what are you guys looking to bring um, into this space? And then also, how did the, you guys get into Cardano and CNFTs? Yeah, yeah, I guess I can go first. Um you know, basically, this this idea of, of having a board game on, on, you know, being used through NFT tokens was just something that I thought was really cool. Um, the simplest exp explanation of what we're doing is we're trying to um, create the first board game utility project on Cardano. And, um, you know, the, the, my favorite childhood game uh, was was that classic board game. Uh, that we're going to try to bring into the modern blockchain age. And uh, basically, we're, we're going to make it a, a large scale game so that we can have as much reach out there and, uh, and, and provide as much fun to as many players out there on, on Cardano. So um, changing it up a little bit, making it more accessible, making it a lot more fun. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a nice little twist that I think a lot of people are excited about by a live leaderboard with uh, real um ada prizes yeah, that's 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 an amazing uh like yeah. i said ambitious thing and it's so simple but at the same time it's like you yeah, said you're upgrading it to this uh this new digital and blockchain world so that's a uh, that's amazing what you guys are trying to build and that's what some one of the reasons that it was so interesting to me and why i wanted to go ahead and set this up um and then for you guys too i guess cardano um how did you guys actually get into cardano what got you into cnfts and when was your kind of time uh like entry point into this space yeah so i i have been invested in crypto since 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, started off, I think what everyone started with was Bitcoin, dabbled in a little bit of Ethereum, um, just kind of was, 
you know, playing with those. And then I found out about Cardano in uh, February of last year. And, you know, I was kind of just staking, got really excited about the staking platform, collecting my, you know, um, payment every five days. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was cool. And then I found out about the whole NFT world and, you know, Cardano was, or ADA was kind of flat. And, you know, it was kind of going up and down, up and down. And, you know, in the classic like equities market, that's kind of a scary thing. So when I found out about the whole NFT side, it was probably around August of last year. So, you know, fairly, fairly late in the game, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, but still within the same, same year uh, of induction. So I, you know, I kind of got onto those. I, I found a few projects. One of them was a rug pull. So that wasn't a good, uh, that wasn't a good start. But, uh, you know, I love the idea of, of, you know, trading and collecting and, and meeting all these, all these different creators instead of just sitting back and looking at a number, you know, moving around every week. So that's, that's kind of what I found really special about this space. And um, I truly believe Cardano has a lot of the, the best creators and the most humble people that you can talk to and that are willing to help you. So, you know, shout out to all the other uh, Cardano projects. Nice. How about you, Drex? Uh, what was your journey into Cardano and uh, CNFTs? Yeah, so I've, I've been kind of in and out of crypto uh, since maybe like 2013, 2014 or so. Um, mm, always kind of really. knew about crypto, thought, okay, that's kind of cool. Played with, you know, some like Bitcoin gambling stuff early days and like did some ASIC mining. Like, you know, I would just kind of play with it. But, you know, I've been a uh, software engineer since 2004 professionally. Um, and so kind of as, as a software engineer, I'm, I'm a geek, right? So of course I'm looking into crypto. Of course I'm looking into 3D printing. Um, but got really heavy into the NFT uh, world, just really just buying NFTs and trading them about a year ago or so. Um, and actually, I, that's where I met Bobby. I met Bobby when we both got into a project that rugged us uh, and a whole <laughs> bunch of other people. Um, and when that happened, I said, geez, like we both invested really heavily into that project. Um, and I was getting more and more fascinated with kind of like the technical aspects of it um, by the day. And I said, hey, like, why don't we just try to build our own NFT. Why don't we do our own project? And, uh, you know, as a group, we said, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, and as kind of Bobby alluded to, um, his favorite childhood game one night, uh, he had some thoughts one night, wrote them down, woke up and said, hey, guys, I thought of this, this great game. So, um, you know, as a software engineer, I, you know, dove into this project, uh, started doing, you know, some foundational stuff for what could be the game and what could be the mint. Um, and as I got into it, I got more and more fascinated by the different problems that you have to solve really to even run a mint, even like secondarily to that. How do you really track ownership of an NFT um, mm -hmm. in real time? And I've always been like a real time data and UI buff uh, myself in my career. I've always really pushed to have real time UIs all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, so got totally just fascinated with how I could apply my sort of things I like, which is, you know, real time UIs into this space. Um, got totally addicted. Um, and, and since then, I have dove into this in a really big way to where this is really my main focus is uh, NFTs, particularly our project um, is, is my main focus and what we can do with it, um, what types of experiences we can, we can uh, provide the user. I'm really, really excited to do. And like right now, like what 
what's got me anxious now is I just can't wait. Like I, I wish I could show more uh, now and sooner. Um, but once we really get out there, some of these ideas we have and um, some of the experiences we want to show around this, I think we're going to um, we're, we're going to have some really special on our hands. So long winded answer to your question, kind of not answer your question, but that's kind of how I got into it and, and really why it's still like, I I'm like so enamored by it. Nice. So was there anything, um, about Cardano in specific that was just you, or do you guys ever dabble in any other kind of blockchains prior to this in the NFT world? Yeah. So, you know, I messed around with Ethereum a good bit, um, did some smart contract development, some kind of hello world sort of smart contract development. Okay. Right. But um, I got into Cardano because it's more niche. That's really what attracted me to it. The community mm -hmm. is super small, uh, but really, really supportive and really, really rich. Yeah. Um, it's the, the projects I've discovered just through different community connections has been, it's kind of blown my mind. <laughs> when I wrote the minting pipeline for this, I became a total uh, Cardano convert, um, just in, in, as far as how clean it is to do a multi-sig mint on Cardano. If you want to do, well, one, native tokens, right? So like if you want to do mm -hmm. an NFT or just a fungible token, um, you can do that without writing a single line of smart contract code on Cardano. That's not the case with Ethereum. Um, and if you want to do uh, what's called lazy minting in the Ethereum world, which is the Web3 uh, all cost passed on to the, to the user doing the mint, style, lazy minting. If you want to do that, you got to write even more smart, smart contract code. In Cardano, it's simply building a transaction, right? Uh, and, yeah. and when I really did it and went through it, um, I, was, I, I, I was even more convinced there's something really special on the technology side with Cardano. Nice. That's good. Yeah, I never heard that from like- Yeah, that's that interesting idea. to yeah, hear from I'm that really side of it. That side is the development side. And, you know, especially with some projects, a lot of times we end up talking kind of more to, um, you know, it makes sense kind of like the marketing and the community managers and stuff. So it's kind of interesting to hear some of the technical size of the mint process and the and the project process. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Is we, that different? very, very lucky to, um, to be rug pulled with Drex. Because, <laughs> We've um, all been it there. Was, it was the biggest <laughs> blessing in disguise to be able to, to start a project with this guy because- uh, not only is he a great guy, and he's probably the easiest developer I've ever met to talk to, uh, but he knows his shit, and uh, yeah. he, can, he can talk this stuff all day Oh, long. Bobby, it, it, <laughs> it goes both ways, I have to say, too. We all really hit the jackpot when we got rug pulled. It was the best thing that could have happened. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, though. It's cool that you guys got brought together like that. And so I know it's the two of you guys, and then you guys have how many uh, team members now? You guys were saying uh, six of them now? Yeah, so we so we have six members. Um, two of them are on on this um, show right now, and then we have another guy from Australia, Scooter. We have another guy from Portugal, Paj. Um, Doey's from the UK, and so that's and then Nighthawk is from um, from Amsterdam. So, nice. and they have all kind of got their own expertise that we that we really enjoy. Um, some of them are kind of Discord mod experts. Uh, one guy's a social media expert. Um, and it worked out super well to have someone in every time zone. So it really is kind of a global, um, yeah. a global opportunity where we're, we don't have any downtime. I call, I call Spooter shift, the graveyard shift uh, in <laughs> Australia because he checks in uh, when we're all in bed, but um, it keeps the chat going. And, you know, we have a really, really good following now um, from all over the world uh, that I, that I think can appreciate it. So. I think we know exactly what you mean because we recently started our Discord. It's been, I think, just two weeks now or so, um, something two, like two that, and a half weeks, and we're realizing that we have kind of people to listen from all over the world. So 
there's just times where we're at work or it's like you said, especially overnight where we have people in Australia saying good morning and then we don't see it till four hours later because we're just getting some sleep in. Yep. Yeah, it's truly how Cardone is definitely, obviously we can see that as very global um, mm-hmm. inside of us. That's cool. Like, and we are, the more we talk and meet different people throughout these, uh, these sit downs, we realize that they do have similar kind of makeups to the, the actual project and team itself where they're all over the place and they're not necessarily in the same area. So it's cool how everybody kind of connects and starts to play a part inside of these different projects. So that's awesome for you guys as well to, to see that you guys have that dynamic to you guys too. Um, it's really, it's really hard for a single person to run a project on, on any NFT and Cardano, especially now where the market is driving more utility, um, you know, more, more from every project, uh, you know, it's, it's asking a lot from the team. So you kind of, you kind of have to, to build a team of experts around you. Um, and one thing you'll notice about us is none of us are artists. Um, so we actually outsourced our art um, and we, we partnered with a really, really good art group called Leon Art Group out of Iran. And um, they developed our game pieces and, and came up with some phenomenal uh, 3D art, taking basically our vision for each player uh, piece and turning it into something awesome, which we're super excited about that partnership. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, that's one thing as you're speaking about the artwork, that was one of the things that kind of drew me to you too, right? Is the, you know, it's, a, you know, the classic board game feel, but what are we playing with? You know, I remember those little plastic pieces that you always had to fight over the, you know, the best one with uh, your either siblings or friends or something like that. So for you guys here, um, you guys have a very unique uh, design to your actual uh, game pieces themselves. I'll go ahead and share it here while we're on the screen um, on the actual website itself. Um you know, these are, these are super unique. Can you guys kind of give a little bit of background to the, the design team and how you guys kind of came up with the different styles for these? Yeah. So um, part of them are a little bit of uh, homage to the, to the classic game. Like you see the car was my favorite growing up. So I always had to get that car, Yeah. Uh, but we wanted to make it a little bit more modern kind of, you know, a little bit have more character to it. Um, and then we kind of built off that. So like, what were the core pieces? the the money bag which i think i heard tom talking about in one of the other podcasts he's like oh th- it'd be so funny if they had a thimble or a money bag yeah, he went to yeah. thimble. <laughs> the you know the shoe so we came up with some kind of classic pieces that um we you know we built off of and then you know we wanted to have 20 unique designs so there's five one of one legendaries and then there's 15 we'll call them comments that we designed um but basically you know, once you have the, the liberty to build that many pieces, you can kind of really grow and expand what, what you want to see on the board. So between the six of us, we came up with some pretty fun ideas. You know, the shoe right there, that's actually yeah. a, uh, a high top. Uh, a diamond shoe. shoe. That's, Dude, um, that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> the diamond so, shoe is one of my favorites. And I know this is one of the ones currently that uh, has yet to be pulled, right? It's just the last right. legendary out there right. that's, that's yeah. sitting around. That's right. Yeah. So it's not a legendary, but there are, each diamond is a one of one. Uh, okay. um, so there's 15 diamond uh, pieces and then there's five one of one legendaries. Like we have a lamb, a Lambo, we have a tiger. Um, we did a custom one of one legendary for Leon art group. Um, yeah. Just to say thank you for them. There's, there's the tiger there. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And, uh, and then we have a Yeti, which was recently pulled. So there's some really, there's some really fun pieces. So um, in all honesty, we just kind of got together as a team and just were like, you know, what would we like to see on a game board? And, uh, and that, that's kind of what we came up with. And Leon, our group did a, an amazing job bringing them to life. 
So. Yeah, I, I really love the the quality of uh, the different pieces. They all look very unique, very clean, and the diamond ones especially. Some of these look really good the way that they did these. So I'm a big fan. Um, I know you guys have paid homage to um, you know some some fun stuff inside the community itself. I know myself when I got got a chance to mint one. Um, this was one of my favorite pieces that I had pulled, and it was the seaplane. Uh, which recently the captchas inside of anywhere if you've been in the cnft space or use nft maker um, you probably ran into the seaplanes and it was probably made famous i think by disco solaris during that drop when people were grinding these but i loved was this a later edition or was this something that you guys had already planned in yeah that's a funny story i heard you guys talking about this i think on last week's show uh -huh. uh, so i i have a cabin up north and a lot of the more wealthy people not myself, um, have these little seaplanes that they fly from the city and land at the land at their cottage. And so I've I've always kind of been obsessed with these as a kid. And and so we came up with this idea based on that, um, you know, in December. So way before, <laughs> way before, but the funny so thing is- are ahead of the game, right? Yeah, yeah when that uh, other drop happened with the seaplane cap, Kapchka, it kind of uh, worked out perfectly for us because yeah, that was perfect, it, timing. perfect timing. Yeah. yeah. See, I didn't know the backstory to it. So it just happened to be, like you said, perfect timing for this. And I thought it was just like a funny homage at that point, but um, it works out really well. And I think it's, it'll stick for some of these players. I know for me, especially uh, who will jump in here with the seaplane. It always remind me of those times inside of Cardano. Um, and it'll be fun for us to kind of just go along and always, you know, th do a throwback to that, or at least for some people. So it's cool to see that this was actually not actually even part of that itself and what you guys were actually building. It was just a pre-thought to all of it. But yeah, I love the fact that you guys played. Yeah, just a good little yeah. bonus, though, extra little promotion, because yeah. it makes sense for game piece. I like that a lot of your game pieces are kind of made to go around and move like your helicopters, cars, the boats, the, the, even the characters, you know, they would walk as opposed to like. What a thimble is going to roll across. I don't know what the hell that's supposed to do out there. So yeah, it makes right. so much more or sense. The burger's just going to roll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I like that uh, a lot of them move. So this, the seaplane just makes sense, though. Then you get that extra funny story behind it. It just kind of fits in the space even more. It becomes like almost like a meme within itself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love I didn't see I, the Yeti before. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Some of the legendaries. So those are the legendaries, the official one-on-ones, right? The money, is yeah, it a money is. bag legendary? Or is this also, Oh, it's a diamond. It's a diamond. It's like, yeah. 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 No, the money bag comes in, um, in 15 different colors. Nice. Uh, including the diamond. Yeah. Yeah. No, these all look super clean. And like I said, the, le the legendary one-on-one. So is there anything special for these other than just the fact that you get to flex them or is there anything else tied to these down the line? Or are these just, these are the pieces where people look out and like, oh, okay, that's that guy. I got them. Yeah. I mean, uh, Originally, it was kind of uh, it was kind of just a flex to have a one-on-one, -on -one, but we wanted to do something um, and give back to to our community. So, for every um, of the five legendaries and fifteen diamond pieces, mm -hmm. we're um, going to be doing a little bit of a, a royalty gift based on our secondary market sales. Um, so we have ten percent royalties, and we're giving a portion of that back to the holders of those pieces. Um, which is nice. really um, something that we wanted to do. Uh, we had to do a bit of research um, around, you know, what was allowed and um, the volume um, around that. But for, for our case in a 750 asset drop with, you know, very little changing hands, it, it worked out to, to be something that we could do for the community. Um, and it was something that we could do pretty easily because of the tech that Drex was building mm -hmm. uh, to be able to track players uh, who owns what, um, and give a discord role for those ownership tokens see that'd be fun like right yeah you give them like the yeti role or any of that stuff inside of there that'd be fun 
Um, yeah. And I think people appreciate that stuff, right? Like they, they like to be recognized inside the community itself that they're building. So, and so I guess to dial it back to like the game pieces look amazing, what you guys have dealt. And um, I guess to kind of explain what we'll, we'll get into, I guess a little bit, the recent announcement of the game board itself, but just to kind of give a little bit of backstory on Cardopoly, um, there's 750 unique game pieces, which are, you know, we're, you're coming towards the tail end of the mint right now. I think yeah. you said there was about 215 left uh, still to go. There were 80, 80 a piece. Um, you guys delayed your initial launch uh, to go ahead and find a better minting experience, which I really appreciated up here in the top hand right of the actual website itself. Um, you guys had a sign in feature where you're able to hook up the different wallets. Can you guys explain a little bit about that? Because I know you guys uh, were a consultant with some of the, I believe it was you say the Dirt Birds team and some other some other people yeah. inside the community uh, that helped you guys do that. Yeah. So um, when I kind of set out to do this, so like, you know, with the group, um, you know, it's my role to come up with, Hey, how are we going to actually do this mint? Right. So I started looking into it and it was pretty clear to me that Derp birds is sort of the uh, thought leader in this right now of how to do the cleanest possible mint uh, experience. Mm -hmm. The flow chart that they published on Twitter was uh, really kind of mind blowing yeah. to me when I saw it, I said, okay. And that kind of ties back to what I was saying earlier with how clean these transactions are to build. I said, okay, like this is going to be pretty doable. Um, so I went and started implementing that. Um, and when you really get into um, some of these libraries that IOHKs put out uh, around, around building transactions, they're still a little bit raw. I will say they're beautiful libraries and they let you do everything from change calculation to, um, you know, they, they absolutely anything you'd want to do to build it, you can do. It's just not the most approachable thing. So, you know, about a week and a half into torturing myself trying to get this thing just right. I, I reached out to Derp and Derp was super cool and really generous uh, with, with his time. I shared kind of a transaction that I built and some concerns I had around it. And, and, he, and he was super, super kind uh, to look at the, uh, the raw uh, encoded data and give me one or two places to go look and also let me know I wasn't totally like, you know, way off in the right field, uh, right. which I was starting to feel like I was like, oh my God, because, you know, like a week and a half kind of by myself on this, I was going a little crazy. So um, him... Him kind of like sh uh, showing me one or two things um, and, and also the great content that he put together prior with that flowchart. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to do this without, uh, with, without Derp and, and Derp Birds. So um, big, big shout out to them uh, for sure. But um, yeah, we're doing a Web3 uh, minting experience, which in my view, like why do it any other way? I mean, there's so yeah. many benefits to it for the user. Like, you know, um, there's, there's one or two hiccups right now which, you know, using this, sometimes you have to refresh the page and things that all work out. But for the user, the experience is probably the cleanest you can get as far as a mint, right? NAMI pops up, you type your password, hit enter, you've minted. Um, you know, another benefit to that is that there's no real cost to us as the project to do that minting transaction. Mm -hmm. That the transaction cost is, is you know, the, the tiny transaction cost is passed on to the user, which people don't mind. Um, and really, I'm even viewing this as an opportunity for future airdrops um, to build out workflows where people can call in their airdrop. Really just, we can tag them as eligible, but they can go ahead and call in that airdrop through Web3. Um, nice. I don't want to go on a whole rabbit hole tangent about this, but I really believe that these flows through Web3 are like the way uh, to do it, to do a mint today. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I think, I think Drex too, you're, you know, the fact that we started off by do, wanting to do a traditional mint and he took this multi-sig method by the reins and just was so determined to make it happen. Um, you know, I, I know you're really humble in, in, in that, but there really isn't that many people doing it. 
there's probably three projects that have the capabilities right now that are doing multi-sig minting. And for him to build it from scratch um, on his own with a little bit of insight, um, I, I thought that was pretty mind blowing to me. Um, yeah. and, and I really enjoyed the process. I like that users get their NFT the second their ADA leaves their wallet. They don't mm -hmm. have to wait. Um, so I just think this is kind of the future of, of where minting is going. And it really does help with congestion, making it a single transaction as opposed to multiple transactions clogging up the chain. Yeah, no, I really appreciated that too. Cause I know originally we were starting to talk about, you know, setting up this sit down, even in general, you guys are like, Hey, you know what? We had a little bit of a delay, but we're working on getting the mint set up right now. It's our priority. Um, and like I said, I appreciated this method so much more than just the, the standard traditional, here's the address, go ahead and send your ADA and, you know, clog the blockchain up and hope that you got it kind of thing. Uh, so this this technology obviously is pushing the space forward, but I just appreciated that you guys um, went ahead and, and got it and were able to do it. And that's cool to hear the backstory too on that, Drex, on how, you know, you're beating your head against the wall a little bit. You got some guidance and then boom, you're able to make it work. Um, so that was, that's very appreciative. And I, I had a very, very smooth minting experience when I did it. Um, I think I had connected my NAMI to it, not the CC ball. And yeah. I think I refreshed it one time. I was able to go ahead, sign my transaction. And a few minutes later, it was sitting in my wallet. So it was uh, very, very easy yeah. to do. Uh, no, I like that. that hearing the effort and like, you know, time to actually think out and how to do a mint properly. Um, it just, it seems like in this space, especially if you're going to be a new project, if you're not kind of already an established name, you know, maybe an Aonium Sky or Yummy, they could probably just post an address in the discord. And even if people are upset, they're like, we don't care. We're popular enough. We got plenty of followers, but if you really want to come in new and if you don't have a, a clean mint process or something set up to kind of make it fair and easy for everyone, it really turns people away pretty quick where, even if they were excited um, and they may not get one, if the mint is still fair, then they kind of try and go into the secondary where if people get turned off. They're like, you know what? I was going to do this. The mint process was terrible. I'm done. Like I'm, I'm just not getting in on this anymore. So it's nice to see that as a, as a kind of change from what we normally see with a lot of projects. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, I know a couple of people been... even our discord grabbed some and I know that they were, you know, had no problem. Everyone's just posting them up the day it was ready to go. And they're like, Hey, got my piece. Here it is. Yep. It's yeah, been so a that's... big blessing for us. Um, sorry, sorry, Tommy. I was just going to say it's been a big blessing in disguise for us because the tech that he built for this platform is going to be very crucial to our game. Um, but also a little blessing in disguise is there's no refunds with this method, right? You right. sign your transaction. And so it, it saved Drex probably about you know a week of dealing with refunds. Uh, I didn't yes. even <laughs> consider that, especially when it sounds like you guys, when the mint comes, are so busy and it's so much just the time is impresses on right now. We are working like 24, 48 hours straight to make sure everything was running smooth the whole time. And then when you hear these other projects where they have to then now have a week worth of just constant sending transactions back as refunds. And then probably also uh -huh. then dealing with the troubleshooting of people DMing saying they didn't get it and having to actually check and see if they sent anything or where they sent it to and make sure that you get that customer service side that probably is after that initial crunch, the mint, you guys just don't want to deal with that. That makes a lot of sense to do it that way. Oh, dude, like I'll never criticize any projects mint ever again. Like now that I know <laughs> what goes into creating the process for it and even seeing, knowing that many people are doing a lot of this much more manually than we did, Tom, Tom like you're saying, like um, I, I don't know how some of these one or two uh, people uh, projects do it. Um, it's a, it is a lot of work. So the more you can automate, the better. Eliminating refunds was definitely huge. I think eliminating any kind of fees on our end was also really huge. I mean, it, yeah. it adds up really fast. Um, and, you know, the Discord linking and other things. But 
Yeah, it was super clean for what you guys are doing. And I appreciated that. And like I said, I'm glad that you guys took your time to get it right and do it the right way that you guys wanted to, rather than just rush it out just to, you know, just to have it out. So that was one thing that I really appreciated on the launch. And then from there, um, you know, we got a chance to speak about, you know, the actual game itself. Um, I know, Bobby, you can probably explain a little bit about this, but again, there's 750 of these pieces right now at 88. Um, and then the game itself is, like you said, yeah, a, a throwback to the classic board game. Um, can you kind of explain a little bit about the game and, you know, how it, how it came to be and what it is? Yeah, so we wanted to basically scale up um, the, the classic game to be something that a lot more people could enjoy and create kind of a competitive environment um, for for 750 players. Uh, so one thing that we had to think of is uh, this is a global game. It can't be turn-based or else people, people would stop oh, playing very <laughs> fucking quick. <laughs> um, What's he so, doing? <laughs> so we, uh, we, we kind of brainstormed um, what we think are pretty fair rules for a large scale game uh, that's gonna be played in real time. And, uh, you know, a lot of this is, is thought up on paper and we've, we've posted the rules, uh, but we will be doing a, a closed beta and then an open beta for our, our top 100 Discord members where we'll iron out some of the mechanics because I'm not gonna say we thought of everything, but we'll be doing that in April and May ahead of our game launch in June. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's 750 game pieces playing on a 1500 property game board. Uh, where all 750 players will compete in real time and, it, and it'll be a play at your own pace style. Like I, like I mentioned. So, so all 750 can play at once is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. So the, the games will last one week um, and there'll be a leaderboard with the top 30 uh, finishers get paid out in real beta prizes. So nice. how that works is um, basically as you join the game, with your game piece, you get 250 free rolls. And we're gonna, we're gonna iron out that number, but I think 250 seems about right um, because it may seem like a lot, but on a 1500 property board game, that gets you around three quarters if you roll uh, double six every time. Mm. So oh, wow. for, the average, for the average player, you're probably gonna get around a quarter of the board uh, yeah. with 250 rolls. Okay. And then from there, you can also buy back in with uh, rolls as well, right? Correct. So this is where the this is where the leaderboard prizing funding comes into play. So um, you're you're allowed to buy an additional 250 rolls for five ADA um, as many times as you want throughout that week long game. The rolls don't carry over to uh, the following week's game. We're basically going to run them one week on, one week off, all the way through to December, and uh, and then we'll be kind of working on our, our season two game, but you basically buy the five ADA rolls as many times as you want. You don't have to roll. You can sit back and um, you can sit back and collect rent from your properties, uh, but uh, there'll be some incentives to roll, or you might want to be kind of what I call the lazy landlord and just sit back and collect rent and try to make the leaderboard that way. So, so the dice rolls is one way to fund the, the board game. Another one is going to be jail. Um, you can, it, once you go to uh, prison, in our game, it's you can either sit on a four-hour cool cooldown timer, or you can pay five ADA to get out right away. Okay. So kind of just like the board game when you can you know pay to get out. Um, and then the last way we're going to do one rebuy of our um, in-game uh, currency called Card Cardopoly dollars, mm -hmm. which is basically like the the fake currency in the board game. 
and we're going to allow one rebuy um, per round in that game uh, with ADA prizes. So, so, so between those three, that's how it's going to fund our fund our prize pool. Um, when you think about it, 750 players, you know, they rebuy uh, one or two times during that week. You're starting to you're starting to get up towards a, a 10,000 ADA prize pool per week. So with the Cardopoly money, can you convert it back to ADA or no? No. So, so we wanted, I mean, with the congestion, the way it has been uh, for season one, we wanted to have property ownership and Cardopoly dollars only live within the game. So these are only going to be on our website, not linked to the blockchain. The only thing in season one that's going to be connected to the blockchain is your NFT game piece. But that will pull in in real time how much Cardopoly dollars you own, uh, which is what's going to track you on the leaderboard, how, how much Cardopoly dollars you own. Okay. Uh, it'll track what game uh, properties you own, and it'll track where you are on the board at any given time. So it's interesting that way, um, you know, only having that one thing that's connected to the blockchain, but it really controls everything about the game, uh, which is why the NFTs are so important. Well, that makes sense. It's just an in-game currency, just because if it wasn't, then you could, pe- then it would just be like another crypto token that people be swapping out all the time. And, and we don't want to get into tokens. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not uh, going to sit here and tell you that we're going to be dropping a, a crypto token. <laughs> so it's just, it's going to be um, uh, in-game currency, fun money, just like the, uh, the classic game. Uh, but that is what we're going to track um, our leaderboard with. And it's going to be what you use to buy properties in season one. Um, so you're going to go around the board, you're collecting rent in Cardopoly dollars, you're buying properties in Cardopoly dollars, you're paying, uh, taxes and fees based on the community landing squares in Cardopoly dollars. Um, but that's, it's, it's funded by ADA, uh, dice rolls and it's paid out at the end of that week in ADA prizes. Nice. And then, um, you said the dice rolls don't carry over to the new week, but then I'm assuming also the same with the, uh, the money, because you got to reset from zero. Otherwise, you know, the guy in first place just keep running with it. So that'll reset as well, along with the dice rolls. (laughs) You got it. Yeah. Properties, cash cash and dice rolls do not carry over to the next game. Uh, that's one thing that I really wanted to make, uh, you know, I really strongly believed in is I wanted every game to be fair, no matter who you were and where you, where you were, on the board. Um, I didn't want to give any benefits to legendary holders. I didn't want to give any in-game benefits to, um, you know, rarity charts. So it doesn't matter if you own the, the most common piece or the, the highest rank piece in the game environment, everyone's equal. Yep. Right. Even if you won last week, you know, and the week before, yeah. right? Like you're definitely starting on a fair slate, just like everybody else. Yeah. And, and then it sounds like, so there's a, a go to jail car, go to prison car or a square a tile to land on. How is there a lot of other tiles that are, is it just all properties as you go? I mean, that's so many spaces. Those are going to be kind of just in between um, like other maybe rewards or like, Hey, you get two, two extra rolls or anything like that as you go throughout the board. Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Tom. So um, I don't, I don't know, Tommy, if you, if you're able to pull up or, our board or not but oh absolutely this this oh, just yeah. came out tonight came out. a little bit as we were uh getting ready to sign on i haven't even really seen this yet other than prior to this uh jumping in here yeah, this, so is this is interesting yeah this is just um our our basically our concept our, our mock-up so that people can see kind of the idea because we've been talking game pieces for for a few months now and uh i just wanted to give everyone a visual of, of what we're thinking of for for the board 
um, because it is unique. It's not the same as, as the classic game. Basically, it's going to be eight quadrants of uh, properties. So you'll see on each side of the board, there's um, a color block, two color blocks of different style properties. Um, but imagine each side being 375 landing squares long. So this is very scaled down. Oh, wow. Um, so it'll go community landing zone and then three properties, community landing zone, three properties all the way around the board. Uh, we do want to add in a couple of um, little, little secret pieces like utilities and railroads. So those are kind of TBD right now, but we have some, some good ideas about those. Um, and then the one thing that's, one of the things that's different about the, the classic game uh, is there's no uh, cards that you're drawing. The community landing zones are fixed and they're going to have kind of a mysterious event happen when you're landing on them. And they're not, they're not essentially the same as, as the classic game. So for example, um, one, of the, one of the community landing uh, zones could move you around the board, halfway around the board, which would be huge, um, could move you backwards around the board. So there's uh, movement uh, pieces on, on those landing zones. Um, some of them are gain Cardopoly dollars, uh, but we've put in some really funny uh, text and, and homage to the community and different people in our Discord on some of the sayings of how you would lose money or how you would gain money. <laughs> so I, I'm really excited about that. Um, just kind of referring to different things that's happened over the last three, four months in the community. Um, and then one of the more unique things that happens in our game is we really wanna make sure properties are, are having a high turnover rate. So some of the community landing zones will actually burn your property down and give it back to the bank. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so it's not necessarily the safest thing to be, uh, you know, collecting all the properies and thinking you're just going to get around the board being a, uh, uh, you know, Esquire. Yeah, right. yeah. That's what but, I was asking. I like the idea of the lazy, the lazy landowner, like you said, because the board is so <laughs> long and you have yeah. 250 rolls. Even if you were to get a lot of low rolls, you could almost build like your own gauntlet that players have to go through. Like you have to get through the next 15 squares and I own nine of them. Cause I just got a bunch of ones and twos in a row and I bought the whole thing. So I'm just going to sit here. I would totally I'm watching, do that. Yeah. I'm just watching all these dummies come through and keep landing on all my squares. Cause I got the next eight squares in a row. Good luck. Oh, you landed on three of them. Have fun. We'll see you next time you come around. Yeah, for sure. And if so, if you own two, uh, three or more properties within the same color block, which should be you know, fairly easy to obtain. Um, there's, then you get double the rent on those on those color okay. block tokens. Nice. So let's say in the in the first gray quadrant, you get three properties of of the gray. Um, then for each of those three properties, you get double rent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and then will you one, be able to trade? Is there going to be any sort of so, like uh, trading or matching properties? I was going to say season? too. Yeah, like I almost can't stop myself anytime this topic comes up because um, in season two, uh, the in season two, these properties will be NFTs themselves, which is going to okay. open up an entire new thing that's going to be going on in the background while the game's being played, right? Because you're going to pick up, you know, you're going to pick up a couple of these orange squares here. You're going to see that one orange square that you need sitting up on JPEG, you know, for whatever, and you're going to want to pick it up, right? Oh, um, or, you know, cool. you. Or you might see a guy that has two and you got one. So you're going to throw the, you're going to throw the third up. Right. So, and as soon yeah. as he buys that, um, as soon as it settles on the blockchain, you know, in an hour or two at the most, he's going to see that boom in game available. So that's things we're really excited about for season two. 
but in season one, the properties will exist fully off chain. Um, but yeah. we're going to expand more and more uh, with each season with what we're going to do with these things. Which makes sense, you know, make sure get things working, get people involved and playing first and then keep developing on theirs and kind of give us something new to each season. So it's uh, changing oh. up the actual game style. And making a Is there going to be different versions of the boards? Like you said, you have that version coming out as far as you have to own the NFT for the land, but is there still going to be like the cheaper version to play? All you need is just the game piece to play on the version one board where all you well, need is hop Well, around. even in, you know, even in season two, so when it, when it evolves right to where, when you, when you land on a square and you have the opportunity to buy that property um, and in season two, that property lands in your wallet. Whereas mm -hmm. in season one, you know, that's on, that's off chain and it's on the website right. and it's displayed. Um, but you still don't necessarily need to go, you know, to the secondary market and buy one, right? You can gotcha. still play the okay. game just like normal. It, you are opened up to the fact that, you know, other people are probably going to be doing this. Um, but right. um, it's still going to be the same thing. Just bring a token and you're, you're going to be able to play. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I think I think the thing to clarify there is is when we do go to minting properties, you're not going to be buying them for um, like the, the property price in ADA. It's just going to be minted into your wallet for Dust. Right. Um, yeah. You're buying them with in-game currency still. So because the properties won't carry over from game to game. Um, so they'll just be minted and they'll be, you know, kind of a keepsake in your wallet after. You're not going to be able to join the, the following week's game and be like, hey, I have all these minted properties. I own Oh, okay. So, it, so you're just going to be paying the dust to mint, not like 80 ADA per property. Got it. Okay. That I, was that I was curious. I was curious on that too. It was like, if I'm own, owning these properties, I'm minting them during my uh, wallet and somebody comes through and like burns my property down. Like, how is that? Like, will it get removed from my wallet? I was like, how, how you, I wouldn't assume you'd have access to do that. So. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of more of what we're thinking for, for season two to open up, um, you know, trading and a little bit of different aspects to the game, but for season one, um, the only option is to buy the property, uh, don't buy the property, pay rent, pay double rent, or sell back your property to the bank if you're in a tough spot, but it's going to be at 50% value. So, okay. so those are the only options you have with the properties for season one. Um, okay. Love looking ahead to season two, and sometimes I have to stop my brother George right. because he gets so fired up. But you know, in reality, there's a lot of opportunities for you know adding in houses, hotels. Um, so much, part, you know, partnerships with other um, projects like, you know, uh, an ISO homes building these houses and hotels. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's just some really cool things that, and we've already been talking to a bunch of projects about stuff that they can do for our board, um, claiming sections, making their own art within our board. Well, I, I know that brings me to a new opportunity too, like of why this, this, the classic game moving into the blockchain, like the, the possibilities of what you guys can do with this are obviously probably endless. Um, but it, it, like I said, the community zones, the different spots, I thought a cool like thing would be like, obviously like during this week or this time, like we have a certain spot, if you land on it during this time or during this section of the week, you get a, you know, you get an airdrop NFT, you get a, a access into this, a, a token, whatever it may be. Um, and that would, you know, it can encourage people to go ahead and visit during certain times or do different events. I think that is a very unique opportunity inside the space and how this games can, you know, evolve into this, you know, this Web3 um, world that we're, we're going into. And that idea kind of talking to some other projects sounds exciting because, I mean, you can almost start getting into like different versions of the board based on uh, projects or something like that, almost like the, uh, the, the classic game has, you have their Simpsons version and Lord of the Rings yeah. version. 
Uh, so you could have a, a, a yummy board or a clay board and kind of have those themes going on. Just make it a little more fun and, and interactive then. Or yeah, they can advertise it. on your board that and say too, this yeah. week, this week we're going to give the, oh, yeah, you know, true. this background, you know, they pay you guys out to advertise on that stuff. It's, it's, you you see me smiling because these are all, these are all things that I'm, uh, you know, we're kind of brainstorming. We've already talked to a, a few other projects, um, you know, for season one, you know, we're not going to, I mean, the property space in the middle of the board of a 1500 property board is massive. That is some prime yeah. real estate for advertising, but Dude, for uh, sure. we're, we're not really going down that path um, just yet. Um, for season one, if there is going to be any collaboration opportunities, it's going to be kind of just as you, as you mentioned, Tommy, we're going to have sections of the board dedicated to a certain project where mm -hmm. that they, if they land on a particular square, they would get an airdrop NFT from that project that would be, you know, donated on behalf of um, them for naming that section of the board. That's awesome. So, so that's, that's kind of where we're going. There's, you know, we got something really cool planned for the prison, uh, which I can't say yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities to partner, but I think the biggest thing for us is we just got to prove ourselves. We got to come up with a game um, with great mechanics uh, live tracking of all these players moving around the board, um, live leaderboards. And uh, I, I just, I'm super excited about uh, watching this all to come together. Well, Any think, uh, community landing zones for like a jailbreak? Like everyone gets out of prison at once? Yeah, that would be, that'd be <laughs> interesting. I mean, so, so Dolly um, from the UK, he's kind of got the best, uh, he's, he's got a bit of a chip on, the, on his shoulder, I'll say, but he also has the best wit in, in the group. So he's come up with all 375 community landing squares nice. um, on Excel, which we are still changing daily um, based on certain members input. Um, but yeah, there's, there's going to be, there's going to be some fun times had around the Cardopoly board. Oh, I bet. And I think uh, too, I'm sure Drex can appreciate this as far as like a stats. I'm a big stats guy too. So I love to see like, you now I would try to collect something or achievements or leaderboards. I think, uh, do you guys have any plans for anything like that down the line as far as once, you know, the leaderboard, say I'm a three-time winner um, of this, or I get a trophy, you know, something that I can like hang on my profile. If somebody is able to like click into me on the leaderboard or see like, Hey, this guy's like a professional Cardopoly player over here. He's, you know, he's one of the top guys inside the community. You guys have any plans for anything like that? Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. So, go ahead, Drex. I know. I'm just so excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go ahead. We, we want to do, we definitely want to do some achievement airdrops. Um, nice. And this definitely ties in a little bit with what I was saying earlier, where we want to do, we want to, you know, tag that you are eligible for this airdrop and allow mm -hmm. you to basically call in that airdrop, right? Like so, a Cardopoly um, belt. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we can. We can just throw these achievement yeah. NFTs off, no problem, under a separate policy ID, just for fun, no big deal, right? Um, it doesn't cost us a thing. So, and it's a lot of fun. So there's tons of opportunities for us to do various things exactly like that. Yeah. yeah I think here, here's a couple that I was thinking of, um, you know, the lazy landlord who sat back the longest and collected the most rent without rolling the dice. You know, we could yeah. do a whole token for that. Who spent the most time in prison? The inmate chart. Yeah. <laughs> who degened around the board and bought the most dice rolls? Um, you know, there you go. So there's, there's some cool little things that we can do to, to give achievements to players, um, you know, and, and they don't have to be NFTs. They can be tokens that are the same for every game that we award, um, mm -hmm. you know, like just like a literally a coin that has a little achievement on it. 
I think, like you said, as, as this, it iterates, I just like envision this like down the line, like years down the road, this board now is flipped up and it's 3D mode and you guys are flying around or boating around into these different like things as you guys develop this. Like you can take it endlessly as far as where it's going, but to see it from the start and the top down, you guys have got a great base um, and the possibilities are endless with this, man. Like obviously you got the, the game mechanics are there. You got a good baseline. And then from where you want to take it, I mean, it's up to you guys. Yeah, you guys must have fun too, getting creative with a lot of this. You've got a lot of potential for working. I mean, not a potential, you had to fill in the spaces. So, you know, you had a lot of work to do to get everything. Um, like you said, all the community landing zones set up and actually the property name. So I bet some of it's, I mean, daunting yeah, a lot of go up against, but it's been fun. We're not, we're not getting into that. naming the properties for season one. That's just like, you know, kind of unrealistic. <laughs> oh man, that'd be us. 50. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Uh, but what we do want to do is, is allow um, in season two, um, with with the ability to mint properties is to allow the uh, users to name those properties um, mm. on the board. So as you go around, the board will populate with different names that the users say with some rules. Like, you know, we got to have some rules. You can't be uh, doing anything explicit, but- it just be saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get a chat filter for, or something like that. But yeah, for season one, we're just going to number the properties and have them with the color and then what um, particular rent um, and, and price they're going to have on, on the pieces. And then will they follow similar rules like the, the early spaces near the start will be a cheaper rent. And then as you come around back around to the start, you'll uh, get hit with those higher rent prices. Uh, yeah. The yeah. End. So it scales up based on the quadrant. Um, so it's not going to be, you know, by group of three, it's going to be by quadrant. So everything in the gray zone will be a certain price, everything in the orange, et cetera, et cetera. Any uh, extra, what about extra roles for like uh, pass and go? pass and start yeah, yeah so there um, we're going to build in um just like you would get uh currency in game if you if you pass start you're going to get cardopoly dollars when you pass okay. start um, nice. but some of the community landing zones will um give you extra rolls free rolls okay, okay cool yeah that's interesting It'll take enough. a while to get around to that start though i'm curious to see you know like you said you're still fine-tuning those numbers i'm sure kind of play testing and beta testing but yeah it's oh. trying to find out how many you know fits that sweet spot to get around and then have mm -hmm. enough roles to really play and be involved uh, yeah there's, be interesting. there's two things that we that we kind of had to do so um one i didn't want to make we didn't want to make this game be a grind so we are doing a daily 24-hour roll cap um, mm -hmm. per, per player so that not one like person okay. can, can get around the board, um, you know, and just buy their way around the board. You hear so that, we're, capping, we're capping each day Damn. so far at 250 rolls per, per 24 hours, which would reset at 8 a.m. Eastern um, okay. every, every day. So that, you know, depending on how, you, how well you roll, some people will get further around than, than others. Um, mm -hmm. Also, remember those community landing spots could shoot you around the board uh, to different spots. So on day one, you're gonna have people all over the board, um, not necessarily all clustered together, but um, we wanted to do that so that it was fair. Um, but the other thing that, like you said, we got to iron out in beta is how long, how long does it take to roll 250 times? Um, right. Because we don't want, this to be a grind where you're playing four hours a day for a week. Uh, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna adjust that 250 rolls to cap at you know no more than an hour of play per day. Um, right. You know probably a little bit less. So if it works out to be 75 or 100 or whatever it is, we're gonna really try to stress test that number um, so that you're you know it's fun and it's not a grind. Yeah. And then oh. I guess it's uh, might be more for the development side. 
um, early on, like season one, will this be something you can access to like the site on your phone and be able to play from that? Or you need to be on desktop while you're playing? So given that, given that we're just this web three, we're, we're all web three all the way. As soon as Yoroi um, releases their mobile web three frame, um, we'll be in mobile. But until okay. then, until then you'll have to play in the browser. Really rule is just, you can play anywhere as long as you, you have a web three wallet in scope, which right now is very limited. Obviously we're limited to Chrome and Firefox right now, mm. uh, but that is going to change um, as Yoroi keeps rolling out new stuff. So. Also, I was thinking, my, my thought was, it seems like it'd be more enjoyable on the, the PC, on a desktop or laptop or tablet even, just because of the size of the board and manipulating the pieces and kind of the UI and everything. It doesn't seem like something that would really work for a phone. A phone's much more simple. This seems like it's got so much complexity to it. You really want to be able to enjoy it, not have a, a small zoomed in screen just showing a little kind of quadrant. So, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, like they have board game simulator and stuff like that for Steam. And a lot of those games would not be enjoyable if you tried to play it on the mobile side as much. So, um, but it is cool that you are going to be able to eventually, and you're going to work that out because like you said, if you're going to be playing a weak game, if you're out and stuff like that, you don't want to get passed up and want to have that option to kind of get your roles in and make sure you're, you know, being a good landlord and, you know, make, getting your rent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, like even if you're not playing, you'll be collecting rent uh, based on the properties you own. Um, what'll get really interesting is let's say you, you make the leaderboard and there's two days left in the game and you decide to sell your NFT. So if you, mm -hmm. if you take over someone else's game piece, you can technically take off where they left off on the board that week. So okay. what could get interesting is if you have, uh, your game piece and you have documentation showing your second or first on the leaderboard, you know, what, what would that go for on the secondary market? True. If someone wanted That's... to take over and finish the game and try to take that first place prize. Yeah. Can you imagine if that first place prize, like you said, I don't know what, you know, so is there a cap you said, was it 10,000 ADA on there um, yeah. for the price? Uh, no, there's no cap. So it depends okay. on, um, so 75% uh, of all, all um, dice rolls, everything is going to go towards the leaderboard and 25 okay. is going back to, to the project to fund development. Yeah, can you imagine if you have a huge, huge week of all these people participating and you're the number one spot in there, you're almost guaranteed victory. And then you're like, hey, you know what? I'm, this is going to get me a good, good little chunk of ADA right here. I'm going to go ahead and sell it to somebody and then mark them up at that price. I think that, that that's a whole other layer of yeah, uh, complexity you could add. I don't to think about that and how, how that would price, but I'll leave that up to the secondary. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be cool to see the strategies involved. Um, you know, a lot of it, you guys are definitely welcome to, to help us in beta testing. Um, Oh, awesome. It'll be, it'll That'd be, be cool sweet. to uh, see, see the strategies involved and how that works and to see if the lazy landlord really pays off. I mean, the one, right. the one game changer is the stash house. So you land on that and you get 15% of all the Cardopoly dollars that have been paid in taxes and um, penalties on all the community landing zones. So if someone hasn't landed on that in you know, a while and 750 people have been paying into the middle pot, that, that could put you first place on the leaderboard pretty damn quick. Yeah, that'd nice. be easy money right there. Wow, yeah. I could really shake things up. I like how you have so many different things, especially the, the zoom around the board feature, the teleport, whatever you're going to call yeah. it, because you, you highlight it when you said then everyone's not kind of congested in one spot of the map as they do their early rolls. You can end up getting two or three days in and people have already gone through that side of the map multiple times because they've been getting those community landing zones and have already started filling up some of the spots. So it kind of helps to keep it played out even on the, the first and second day. Yeah, and I, I like this too because I was sitting here. I'm like, I, can you kind of tell where everybody's at? And like, hey, this there's 89 players currently on the square, so you'll get little visual cues and stuff too to 
kind of show where some people are um, throughout there. So is that something you're going to see in like real time is like, Hey, dude, you know, there's all these players in this different area uh, that you'll be able to see. Yeah. So at the very minimum, you'll see something like what you see here where it's like, Hey, it's indicating there's 89, but I think there's some really cool shit we can do um, to, yeah. you know, possibly indicate even, you know, if, if there's a lower number of, of players on a square, there's obvious ways we can show them all at once. But I think there's some interesting, neat ways we can show them all at once if there's like a massive number. But um, yeah. definitely more to, more to come on uh, that visually. Nice. Well, it seems like you guys have a pretty good base for what you guys are uh, looking to build over here. Um, and stuff, even, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited to go ahead and actually get into this. And so for the people looking to actually jump in. So once you guys finish up the mint, um, you guys said back in about June is when you guys are looking to actually get the game is that playable? Yeah, yeah. So we're we're aiming to have our beta done um, for April um, testing well into May. So you know, for us, it'll be probably the team testing in April. Um, towards the end of April, we'll open it up to to our uh, membership beta beta testing. Okay. Um, and then that'll go all the way to, uh, into June, and we plan to launch our game end of end of Q two. So by the end of June. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm excited too, because I you hear all these games and all these different things being built um, inside the blockchain and, you know, no, we haven't really seen anything that you can physically go out and actually play right now. It's all a nice, nice promise. And it sounds, it sounds like fun, but until you actually get out there and actually experience it and like, is it actually going to be fun? Um, that that put, ties a heat, huge like value to the actual NFT project itself. So uh, I'm excited to actually start jumping into some of this stuff. So and this is one of the ones where I'll definitely, uh, I'd love to beta test or like help you out. I mean, you know, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Give oh, the, the part I, I'm excited about most is that there are a lot of games coming into the space or play, people saying that they're developing games. But what we've seen as far as previews go, a lot of them seem more open world, you know, quote unquote metaverse type deals. You know, is it a game? Is it a metaverse? What's actually going on? You're just walking around with a 3D model. Um, some of them have like a play to earn tag attached to it where it's mainly based on getting their tokens value up uh, and then you kind of get involved with the project. But this is the first one I've seen. I feel like that actually has like a lot of strategy involved where there's going to be like the competitiveness competitiveness and strategy, uh, a weekly running game that's kind of always open. Um, and then it's not necessarily a, tied to a token. Like you're going to have real ADA rewards, which I like really because if you start if you start out strong, you can then pay for like your season two, season three almost with their winnings from the last week. Like you can just kind of keep those rolling as you pay for more rolls. Like I just banked up. 200 ADA or whatever it is from coming in 20th place last week. And now I can just kind of throw those now towards more roles and try to push for that first place and kind of keep yourself playing without even maybe necessarily need to spend more money if you do well. Yeah. And Tom, like that's like a huge, huge thing of our value proposition is to really just let people see everything as we have it, right? Like we're not going to like try to develop the world's most perfect game and then show it in six months. We really want to get out there with the beta as soon as we can, right? Tweak it with the community um, collaboratively um, so that everybody feels like they're a part of it because they are going to be a part of it, right? Um, and as I talk about the cool stuff we can do in season two, you know, that's something we maybe could have done like a larger drop and stuck that on a roadmap somewhere, but we really just want to come out with like the bare minimum of what we can um, and then just keep making it cooler and cooler each season. Yeah. It could bring that proof of concept show it works first to really get people excited instead of, you know, overloading with problems. Cause we just see a lot of promises in this space and you're just always waiting like, well, when is it actually going to happen so far so early uh, with a lot of these projects that have kind of started emerging as metaverse or or games kind of in the early end of uh, or the late end of 2021 so we're still just all waiting when are these actually going to develop and some of the games i'm not in 
game development or production or anything, but from what you see or what they're kind of showing, it almost seems like they have five, six years of development ahead of them with what they're promising. And especially with some of the size of their teams too, they're very ambitious for what they're claiming they're going to do. Whereas a top-down board game seems so much more reasonable with the resources and, and really something you can get out and show that works. And then there is that complexity to it, or it doesn't need to have necessarily a lot going on with a whole 3D rendered world in Unity or something. You can keep it simple, and there's still all that strategy and complexity that keeps you playing, though. There's plenty of games that, that survive like that. I mean, I have a board game simulator on Steam, and some of these simple games like Wingspan and stuff like that, where they're pretty simple as far as their, their look. You know, they just look nice and clean like your pieces do. And then the strategy that gets into them it goes crazy. Yeah, I'm just so excited I'm sure. to see how people I mean, uh, break your game. That's, that's I'm, be I'm curious part, to see right? how people really get into it. Like, if, right. you know, some people are just bulldozing the map and running through buying everything, buying as many rolls as they can every every reset period. And then if that, you know, early on, how that's going to pay out, what kind of return they're going to see, whereas other people play it slow and kind of sit in their areas, maybe roll slowly, save their rolls and see what other people do and then play off of them. It'll be kind of crazy to see how these strategies develop because 1,500 spots, it's going to be a whole different game. Yeah, I'll be the lazy landlord. Through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like the lazy landlords. If you rush <laughs> the board at the beginning, right? Like, there's so many squares you could buy within the first third of the board. You could be out of Cardopoli. Like, you're starting with ten thousand Cardopoli dollars at the beginning of the game. You could be out by the time you reach halfway and be stuck um, and have to either rebuy. <laughs> like, you kind of you kind of have to strategize a bit because if you want some of those nice properties towards the end of the board, you, you're not going to be able to buy every time. Um, so it'll be interesting. And uh, I'm really excited to, to see that. And, you know, I think our, our biggest thing right now is, it, you know, it, in Discord, it's pretty easy to, to show people the game rules. Um, you know, everyone so far has been pretty big fans of our, of our game pieces and art. But how the hell do you explain this um, all, you know, with a, in, in typed writing on Discord? It's, you know, that's why we love, um, you know, these platforms and talking to you guys, because it, it gives us an opportunity to explain a little bit more about ourselves. And, and explain kind of our vision because it's it is complicated and uh yeah. it's it's hard to tell on on a you know however many character tweet you can send right oh trust me we know all about <laughs> that right you can never get a, just enough in there you gotta yeah. tweak it and word it just enough to to make it fit and so just constantly rewording it i know we were talking to uh, another wraith um recently um over there and he said the same thing he sits there and you type something out it takes you two hours to finally posting it because you're like is this convey the message clearly like it seems kind of like confusing at the end there and then you're just retyping it over and over again so it definitely can get tough or it's like can i just make a video and post this for these guys it's so much easier yeah. well i think hopefully like you said uh, after listening through and kind of visually seeing what you guys are building uh people are going to understand the rules under you know and obviously you can read all that stuff on online as well uh through the website but it'll be dope for everybody to kind of here's what i'm you know you guys are visualizing here's where you guys are coming from and here, you know, we're going to see the end product, um, especially when you guys finally get it out to the to the public. So um, I, I appreciate you guys uh, even jumping in here because I know we've been, you know, we're, we're approaching towards the back end, like we say over here on our, our side of this stuff. <laughs> um, but I wanted to give you guys a, a chance to go ahead and, um, you know, because you guys are currently still minting right now. I think there's 215 pieces left to go, 88. Uh, um, wanted to stress to, um, you know, it's, you can go ahead and mint multiple pieces, but I know it's going to be linked to your discord profile, your actual, so say I have like five pieces inside my wallet. Am I going to be able to, is it going to auto pick one of them? Am I going to be able to choose which one I want to select when the game comes out? Yep. How you'll select the game piece kind of similar to how you'll select, you know, the type of wallet you want to use, right? It's like, Oh, I want to use CCV mm -hmm. and I want to use my, you know, my diamond shoe, um, today, right. but yeah. yep. 
definitely would be rocking a diamond too. I know that one's still up for grabs too for everybody out there. Um, so, and for you guys too, uh, Bobby and Drex, for anybody looking to get into Cardopoly um, outside of just the website, what's the best place to get in contact with you guys? Yeah, so the, the best place to uh, to reach out to us is, is within our Discord. Um, the link for our Discord is on Twitter. Um, basically, the, the best thing you can do is, is go there and get all of our information. Um, our minting is done solely on our on our website, so cardopoly.io. And, um, and so you can test out our, our multi-sig mint method. Uh, like you said, there's 215-ish game pieces left, um, you know, kind of steadily minting every day. And, uh, you know, we're really enjoying uh, meeting all these all these new members as they as they come in and, and mint their game pieces. And, you know, we're we're excited to show more. Um, yeah. So, yeah, come check us out in Discord. Um, you know, we're always doing some fun giveaways to uh, to our holders. Uh, so anyone that owns a game piece gets a holder's role within our Discord. So I think that's probably the best place to start. Nice. Yeah, I know every time I kind of pop in there or just scroll through there, you guys are very active inside there. And it's, you know, it's, you know, those discords, sometimes you scroll in and it's like, ah, oh, there's not much happening here. You guys usually have a lot going on. So it's, it's fun to see and stop in. Um, and then we'll obviously we'll go ahead and make sure to link, uh, you know, in the description, all of your different links and stuff where they can go ahead and find you. Um, but we highly recommend, you know, everybody go ahead and check this out. If anything, jump, grab you a game piece and uh, you'll see you out there, uh, you know, on the game board uh, when, when that does launch. So, um, Bobby and Drex, it's been awesome to get in a chat with you guys. Um, we really appreciate your time. And uh, Bobby, thanks for, uh, you know, finally getting us on there. I know you had, uh, you know, congrats again to you. A little um, busy. Bit new baby. A little busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an, an exciting time. Can, anything, can you right? hear him crying in the background? No, not no, me. That's, that's okay. I can mute my mic. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but uh, we appreciate your time out here and Drex, you as well. It's, it was cool to hear a little bit more about the technical side of that, which we haven't really you know, mm -hmm. gotten into on some of these. So, Thank you guys for both uh, providing both good insight on both sides of that. So by the time this drops, hopefully, you know, you guys are starting to get towards that sellout time. And then maybe afterwards, uh, you know, or I'm excited for you guys to, for, to hit that point and to move on to the next phase. So appreciate you guys' time. And um, yeah, we'll catch everybody on the next Freedom 35 or sit down.